0: God bless the teachers this morning and um, as they teach the kids. We are, who is Jesus? That's who we are looking at this morning. Who is Jesus? I hope that while you are considering that thought, um, already scriptures are popping into your head and uh, you are considering who Jesus is Colossians chapter 1 verses 15 to 20 Colossians chapter 1 verses 15 to 20 if you would turn there in your bibles or follow on the lo- on the wall I really hope that you have a bible that you could turn to and one that you can underline it highlight do whatever. I know I have some friends that they wouldn't dare write in their Bible because it is the holy word of God. And and if that's your conviction, I'm not here to, to say otherwise. But I like to mark it up because you know what happened to me one time? So sometimes I'll mark a verse and I'll put a date beside it. Maybe I told this story. Okay. If I did, and you know it, just go along with it. For those of you that it's brand new, enjoy it. So what I did was, uh, what I do is, if if I see a verse that I like and it spoke to me about that particular moment or time in my life, I would put a date next to it. Yeah, it's a very good thing to do. And so anyhow, uh, this one Friday, I was particularly very, very busy. All kinds of stuff was happening that day in the church and, and uh, just didn't even get a chance to set myself aside to focus on on the Word to uh to share with the youth that night and and so i just got in my office and i excuse me i was at my home and i said lord i i just need you to give me something to share with these young kids tonight and and i was thumbing through my bible and i just started in in genesis and thumbing through and and i saw a date and i read it and i was like oh wow yeah, that's still a good verse. And I, and I continued going on. And as I began to thumb through my Bible and thumb through the passages where I had written a date that I had underlined and so forth, the Lord began to stir within me a sermon. And and, and a word to prepare, to share to the young people. You see, because he's faithful and he's true. And whatever he has promised in his word, he will do. And we can take him to the bank on that promissory note. That if he has promised it, he will do it. We all think that the minute we read it as a promise, it should happen in that instant. And certainly God is able, and certainly he does and he can. But there are times and seasons in our life where we have to wait out that promise. There are times and seasons in our life where he will give us a promise and we will have forgotten about it. But one day he will cause us to be going through his word. One day he will cause us to be reminding ourselves of his word. And as we do, we will see there before us a promise that he had declared on this date and at this time. And we can say, yes, Lord, you have brought that to pass and i thank you and there we can have our little worship service or yes lord i'm still holding on to that truth so that was just for free as pastor dino would say i just thought i would throw in a memory of pastor dino by saying that but that was for free put in your pocket keep it as a as a word of encouragement it's okay to write in your bible Colossians chapter 1 is where we are today, as I said, uh, verse 15 to 20, or oh, excuse me, 15 to 18. Colossians 1, verses 15 to 18. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn. Colossians um, was written by Paul while he was in jail in Rome. It's possible that his time in jail uh, during this season when. Colossians was written, was uh, a time when he was under a house arrest form of jail. And so in in saying that, he would have been um, attached by, I'm going to say handcuffs because chains is really what it was, but he would have been attached by chains to a guard. He would have been under the the house arrest in that way. That would have allowed him to be able to receive a visitor, or so, And so in this instant, he receives word that the Colossian church is under a little bit of a, an, of a situation. You see, wolves have crept in. And in these wolves creeping in, they brought some of their own ideologies and were trying to sway their ideologies into the people group. One of those ideologies would be the angelology worship of angels and so paul in this letter i love it he confronts the situation with the truth of the word of god he does you know sometimes we think that we have to say oh this is a lie bing 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 and itemize all the details of the lie and then bring the truth to confront it paul doesn't even waste time on all the details he just hits right To the truth of the matter, Jesus is the firstborn of God. Jesus is the supreme Christ. He is the word of truth. He is the grace of God. And so this morning we're going to look at this passage of of just three verses. And in it we are going to see Jesus' relationship with God. Jesus' relationship with his creation and Jesus' relationship with the church, that's you and I. And so as we look at Jesus' relationship with God, we see that he is the the image of the invisible God. He is the image of the invisible God, and when we see that word "image," it's the Greek word "ikon," ikon, or ikon, e i k o n, and it's it's um, meaning in the likeness or in the manifestation of. So, in Jesus' situation, when we are saying that he is in the image of God, it's like looking at a coin that uh, has a stamp, an imprint of an image on it, or it's like looking into a mirror and seeing the reflection of. He is the manifestation, the sense that God was truly revealed in Jesus. He is not the image of anything other than he is the image of God. God. The invisible God. So Paul doesn't speak to Jesus being similar to God. Like when we say to our kids, oh my goodness, you look just like your father. In, in essence, we're telling them they have similarities. They look similar to their father. But no, Jesus is the exact representation of God. Jesus is the very stamp of the image of God the Father. He doesn't. It doesn't mean that um, when you know we we say the word the invisible God, and what we are saying is we cannot see Him. Do you see God this morning? No. But through Jesus Christ, that which is invisible, we can beco- We can know that G- that God is visible. The unknowable God becomes known through Jesus Christ so outside of Jesus God outside of Jesus God is not visible with Jesus he becomes visible to us that is why in Romans chapter 1 It says that uh, Romans chapter 1 verses 19 to 21 Separation for what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them for his invisible attributes namely his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made so they are without excuse. We can look to the things that have been created and know that there is a God we can look to what Jesus was as the representation in the scriptures and know that there was a, that there is a god. Psalm 14 says this, the fool says in his heart there is no god. They are corrupt. They do abominable de- deeds. There is none who does good. The Lord looks down from heaven on the children of men to see if there are any who understand who seek after god the fool will say there is no god but all you have to do is look around look outside see the trees see the sky and you will know that there is a god all you have to do is look at the person next to you and know that there is a god looking at the intricate details of how they have been finally knit together you will know that there is a god I remember as a student when, when um, I was doing my pre-grad and I went into the, um, I, I did my pre-grad in two areas, cardiac and in the area of obstetrics. And so this one day when I was in obstet- obstetrics, there was a baby, I, I was in L&D, labor and delivery. And so a baby was being born. And so uh, uh, complications arose and so then the mother had to be uh, put into C-section and right away they took the baby. And the baby at first was not crying. Oh, there's another baby. Baby B comes out. Baby B is crying away. And so there are two babies on the isolette. The, the team is working on the, on the babies. And I'm watching all of this as a student. And you're doing what you can because you are there to learn. And as I'm there working with baby that is crying, there is the pediatrician and the neonatal specialist team that are working with baby that is not crying. And f- the father is saying, how are my babies?" How are my babies and and he's asking and imploring, and i 'm standing there and i 'm hearing him asking, and the nurses and the doctor are very intense in what they are doing, and so i'm I'm there with the one that is um, responding and, and doing well, very good, very good, and he comes to look at it, and my heart sank as the father came to look at the baby because I knew the, fr- the next step would to be to go to the second baby. But the infinite power of God, while that baby may not have been responding, there came a moment that felt like an eternity when that baby cried. And it was like a, you know, that very early cry? And I'm telling you in that moment, if you were not a believer of God, you would have to believe that there is a God to know that something that was on the brink of of life or death, that God breathed life into that baby. And that baby was able to cry forth. We can look at creation and know that there has to be a God, but Jesus is that exact image of his Father. Evolution, in another words, is a hoax. If you want to believe it, when, when we read Romans chapter one and, and, and we saw that just looking at creation represents that there is a God. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. When we see the scripture, we can know that evolution, a man's plan, that, that the Earth evolved out of a vapor or out of an explosion or a big bang theory. It's a hoax because God has shown to them who he is. Creation points us to the truth that there is a God, but we are unable to know who he is or understand him without Jesus. If we do not have Jesus, we cannot fully understand who God is. Why? Because se- sin has, separation, has separated us from who God is. In the garden, when sin entered in, we became separated. But through Christ, who is the exact image of God, he becomes that bridge. He is not just the exact image of God, Of God as man, as we are made in the image of God. When we look at one another, we could know that God created us. Jesus was not the exact image of God in the same respects as we are. He is the image of God. Hebrews says it this way He is the radiance of the glory, Hebrews 1 and 3, the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature and he upholds the universe by the word of his power After making purifications for sin, he sat down at the right hand of majesty on high. The NIV says it this way, the son of the radiance of God's glory in the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by the power of his word. Sustaining all things by the power of his word. Why? Because the invisible God becomes visible. How? Through Jesus Christ because we have seen jesus because we know of jesus then we can know of god the god is god the son jesus the light is the eternal light that is what we can understand and so what is what do we see in john 14 Um, jesus was having a conversation with his disciples and and philip said to him well jesus like we how, how do we see the father how do we know the father and jesus is saying to him guys you know we're we're just about on graduation day you've been you've been with me for three years studying with me for three years this is just my vernacular being put in you've watched me for three years if you have seen me then you have seen the father And what does Philip say show us the father John chapter 14 8 to 10 Philip said Lord show us the father that we will be and that will be enough for us and Jesus said don't you know me Philip Philip even after I've been among you for so long anyone who has seen me has seen the father how can you say show us the father how can you say show me what God really is like Show me, and and don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak of my own authority. Rather, it is a Father living in me who is doing his work. All that you have seen me do, Philip. All that you have witnessed, all that you have heard me say, it is the Father who is doing it. I speak nothing of my own accord, Jesus said, only that which the Father has had me to say. I do nothing. He, there isn't a step or an action or word that Jesus does not do that the Father has not guided him to do. Man is in pursuit of truth, but we're not going to find truth until we have found Jesus. How many have found themselves in a place? God, if you're really out there, people have been in the deepest of pits. Some have been in the, in the brink of death. God, if you are really out there, show yourself to me. How many Muslims have come to Christ today because they have had a revelation of Jesus, a visitation of Jesus? Why? Because Jesus is the exact image of the invisible God. And so he comes and he reveals himself. And so people have called out, God, if you are really out there. But the answer to finding the truth of God is through his son, Jesus Christ. If you are not looking to his son, Jesus Christ, according to what Jesus said to Philip, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. If you are looking for Jesus, if you have looked into Jesus, then you will see the Father John 1 verse 18 says, no one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. Did you get that? No one has seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side and has made him known. Who is at the Father's side? Jesus, And so Jesus is the one who makes God known to you and I. We cannot see the God, God the Father, but by seeing Jesus. He is invisible and, unknow, un, and unknowable, but praise God through Jesus, he becomes visible and knowable. We can know him because we see him through Jesus. So Paul shows us, the relationship with Jesus with and God is through being the exact image of Jesus. But then Paul went on in verses 15 and 7 through 17, and he begins to show us the relationship of Christ through creation. All things hold together the very fact today that you are sitting in the seat the very fact that your arm is attached to your body is you are held together because why Jesus Christ in him all things hold together if there were not Jesus the exact image the exact representation of God there would be no holding together The firstborn, that, that, that word firstborn is a Greek word, prototokos. <laughs> it's okay, you all can laugh. I laugh at myself all the time. Prototokos. Meaning, it conveys a priority or a supremacy, a rank. Okay, so he is the firstborn, meaning his rank. He is the firstborn, meaning he is a priority. He is supreme above all things. Things The supremacy of Christ is actually what this whole, uh, this whole context is about, being that he is superior above all the others. The Jehovah Witness will say, oh, because Jesus was the firstborn, and they, and they teach the wrong gospel. Because Jesus is the firstborn, um, then, you know, that's where it comes in. And, and that is not the truth of the matter. Jesus was not the firstborn like you and I have been born. Jesus is the firstborn as in his rank. He is before all things. And we have to understand that He is before all things because we have to understand that in Genesis, Genesis chapter 1, when the world was without form and order, you can just turn there for a moment because I didn't give them this verse. But in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Now get this, and God said, and God said, in order for God to say that said is the word, that word is, go to John chapter 1. John chapter 1 says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Now you go back to Genesis chapter 1, and you see that God said, that God said is the word. Because Jesus was in the beginning before the beginning began to begin. And so that is why he is the firstborn. Because he was there before anything was created, before anything was made that was made according to John. And so here, this invisible God becomes visible to us. Why? Because we get to see God through Jesus who was the firstborn, who was there before the beginning began to begin and was the one who declared beginning to begin. He said. He said. The dilemma came. When Jesus, in, in John chapter 8, they were addressing him. They told him he had a demon. <laughs> Could you imagine telling Jesus? Has that, has that ever happened to you? Somebody tell you that, like, you're demon-possessed? Oh yo Anyhow, go to John chapter 8, because I didn't give them this text either, but it comes to my mind. Well, I gave them one verse of it, but anyways, the whole, the whole story comes to my mind. Anyways, and they're telling him are we not right in saying that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? They're telling Jesus that he has a demon. Okay? But there's a point in why I'm sharing this with you. is because he says, I don't have a demon, verse 49, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. Yet I do not seek my own glory There is one who seeks it, and he is the judge. Truly I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. Oh my goodness, these Jews, they got terribly offended at Jesus saying that. And they said to him, now we know that you really got a demon. Like you are, you've got issues. Jesus, you got issues, you got a demon in you. And he's like, no, 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 if anyone keeps my word, he will never taste death. What? Are you greater than our father Abraham who died? And this is where I really wanted to go. Jesus said, before Abraham, I am. I am. Why? Because he is the firstborn. Because he is before all things. So, my dear Jewish friends and brothers, Jesus says to them before Abraham, truly, truly, I say to you, verse 58, before Abraham was, I am. I am. I am. Who is Jesus? We need to qualify that firstborn so that you understand. He is before all things so that if anybody knocks at your door, gosh, during COVID they got created, they called my house. I was like, Who gave you my number? <laughs> I thought, Well, I've, I have no place else to go. I've got a few days, hours, weeks, months, years. I believe in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I had a conversation with them, but it was never ending. They go in circles and circles and cycles and circles. Before Abraham I was. Psalm eighty nine twenty seven, And I will make him the firstborn, what? The highest of the kings of the earth. There's no one before Jesus. Because God has made him the highest before the kings of the earth. You can believe him. And you can know that he is true. Jesus is the agent of all creation. Why? Because it says, For by him all things were created. John 1 and 3, that's what I said to you. John 1, 1 to 3. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Why? Because he was the creation. He was in the beginning with God and all things were made through him. And without him, nothing was made that was made absolutely nothing there wasn't a tree there wasn't water there was nothing was made that was made without jesus why because he was the agent of creation how did he become the agent of creation because he was the word how was he the word because in genesis it said he said and when he said the earth formed There is no doubt that Jesus is the author of creation. Can we consider just a few facts to help us get the scope of that? Just a few facts, because I could have written a whole bunch, but just a few. Saturn has how many rings around it? Anybody know? Ah, it's okay, I'll tell you. 500,000 miles worth of rings. 500,000 miles worth of rings around Saturn. It's in, in circumference, right? <laughs> he made Saturn's rings 500 miles in circumference. 500,000 miles in circumference, Jesus made Saturn's rings. But guess what? They're only a foot thick. That's God. Imagine 500,000 miles of rings only a foot thick i don't know if that's your foot or my foot rick <laughs> the earth travels around the sun 8 times in the moment that it takes to fire a gun bam you're dead it they, already around eight, 8 times i can't even comprehend that that's god that is his infinite creation. That is him putting the earth together in a way that no human could put together. Bam! Eight times. How does he do that? That's pretty fast. Eight times. Oh, this one you're going to love. All the kids, they're gone. It's too bad. But the, the little boys would have loved this. There are more insects, more bugs, in one square mile of rural land than there are human beings in the entire earth. That's why they're called bugs. Because they bug us. Because there's more of them than there is of us. Can you imagine? God created more of them in one little rural space than all of us. God Just a few things to get you, you know, smiling about God and his creation. Because there's so many things that we could say. What about the human chromosome? One single human chromosome. Just one. Just one of your chromosomes, Gloria. Just one. Contains 20 billion bits of information. Gloria, just one of your chromosomes contains How many bits of information? 20 billion. Now, if I were to write all that down, Gloria, all that information about you, and that's only one. That's only one chromosome. Do you know how many novels there would be about Gloria's one chromosome? Humor me. 4,000. 4,000 volumes about your one chromosome. That's just one. Now get all your chromosomes together and there's too much to know about you that I cannot even comprehend because it is God. And the only way I could see God is through Jesus. And he demonstrates God through his relationship with him and through his relationship with creation in all of the intricate details that he is in creation just to let us know he is for real. God is for real. He is supreme. Jesus was the word And by that word, everything is held together. So the earth hangs on an angle. You know who holds it in that angle? The Lord himself. You know, scientists look to the skies. Astronauts, they look out to space. They see the stars just hanging there. But remove the hand of God. And what would happen? All things hold together by Him. In Christ, He holds all things together, whether it's thrones or dominions, rulers or authorities. And you see, here's where Paul begins to address the issue at hand the angelology. Dominions, thrones, rulers, authorities. You see you you want to kind of worship angels Jesus is above them yeah. Jesus created them and guess what they were created for his glory yeah. and you know that demon remember when they said to de- Jesus in John chapter 8 where we just skimmed over and they said you have a demon guess what Jesus created that demon It's hard for us to understand that. Hard for us to comprehend that. But he created it. And it was created for his glory. Oh, you may may touch my daughter. You may touch my son. Have you considered my servant Job? Did Jesus not speak to the devil and say, Have you not considered my servant Job? I'm sorry, Lord, but if you're going to say to any devil... Can you please inform me first? And everything happened for his glory. Why? Because at the end of Job's story, God returned to him much greater than he had. But in Job's story, we see God through Jesus in the creation of the world. Because you go to Job chapter 38. It's another text I didn't give them, but it comes to my mind. And in Job 38, he says, were you there when I laid the foundations of the earth? Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? And you come to me and you ask me, where were you? Who determined the measurements Come on, Job, tell me. You know. You know who determined the measurements of the earth? Who stretched the line upon it? Have you commanded the morning since your days began, Job? Are you the one who, who had the voice that spoke into the morning and commanded it to be morning? Job, is that you? No, it was Jesus, the living word. Why? Because he is the exact visible God. The exact image of this God that we cannot see. One more question, Robe, Job. Robe. Robe. Can you lift up your voice to the clouds that a flood of waters may cover you? imagine god has that authority jesus the living word has the authority to speak to the clouds rain hold up the rain send forth your rain he is the exact image of god the father So without him, nothing was made that was made. Why? Because all things were created through him and for him. The third thing that he demonstrates to us is his relationship with the church. And that's you and I. His relationship with the church. And in his relationship with the church, it says that he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. What does preeminent mean? Why does Paul even have to use these big words? You got to get a dictionary and put it beside your Bible just so that you could read it. That he's before everything. That he's before everything. Would you go to Ephesians chapter 1? I'm sorry, media team, please forgive me because I've thrown in a few extras, but you know, I can't tell God not to give it to me. Go to Ephesians chapter 1, and it says in verses 22 to 23, And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to what? The church, which is what? His body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. It is him who fills us. We are the representation of the body and he is the head of the church according to this passage of verse 18. He is the head of the body, the church. Paul is bringing in a little bit of biology and he is saying, look, just like your head, dictates to your body what it must do I am the one who governs my church i am the one who leads my church i am the one who gives instruction to my church your head will say to your leg lift walk lift walk lift walk you didn't even know but while you're walking your head's been giving those instructions the whole time while i'm talking my hand is moving and my head has been telling my hand to move but it's been telling my mouth to speak and it's been telling my feet to walk and all that in one 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 little breath Because that's the way God created me through Jesus. And Jesus is the head of the church, and so he brings that relationship of the head and the body in so that we can understand. That's right, it's complicated. That's right, I don't always get it. I don't get how my brain can tell my hand to do one thing, my foot to do another thing, while my heart and my organs are also doing other things, all receiving commands from the same center. And Paul is letting us know, you might not get it, you might not comprehend it, but Jesus is the head of the church, and you are his body, and he fills all in all. He is our only source. In other words, if he is the head of the body, then I go to the head for my instructions of what to do. That's not to say we can't go to one another and and speak to one another, but it's that we go to our head, Jesus, first. You have a problem this morning? You sang the songs and some of them ministered to your heart. And as you were singing and it was ministering to your heart, you remembered, and there, Lord, I give it to you. I give it to you. You remembered that burden. You remembered that care. You remembered that concern. Why? Because we go first to the head. I depend on my brain. Sometimes I, I well, I don't fulfill what my brain, sometimes I, my brain and my mouth, they don't coordinate very well. That's a me problem. That's not a Jesus problem, okay? <laughs> but we go to the head first, to get that instruction to lead us to guide us to be the answer to be the source why because he is our El Shaddai he is the one that is the only sufficient one to lead us to guide us to be our answer to be our provision all sufficiency is in Christ Jesus all-sufficiency you need wisdom if any of you lack wisdom let him ask of God you need healing well we go to Jehovah Rophe you 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 need direction the Lord will lead you and guide you in the way that you should go I've said this before why because he is our all-sufficient one whatever you need when you go to the bank of God and I'm not just talking about money I'm talking about the sufficiency that He is everything that we need. It is found in Him. Somebody can go to the bank, in the worldly sense, and find insufficient funds. But when you go to God, He is El Shaddai, the all-sufficient One. He does not leave you short. So he is sovereign over the church and we look to no one else. Why? Because First John chapter 1, verses 4 and 5 says, in him was life and life was the light of men and the light what? Shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. The darkness cannot overcome the light of God. Why? Because remember he was that prototokos. He was that firstborn. <laughs> he was that firstborn. First Corinthians fifteen twenty says that but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. Why is that necessary for us to remember? Because if he was the firstborn from the dead, then we know that if he was the firstborn from the dead, that the promise for us is that there is a resurrection. There is an eternal life after this. So he is the firstborn that sets everything into order. He is the firstborn that when you look at your hands and you see all the details of your hands and you and you think of your mind and you look at all the lines of your hands and every detail, and then you look out the window and you see the birds and all of the details of their feather and the trees and who told the 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 flowers when to blossom? Who told the birds? Where to find their food? The squirrel buries his, his nuts in the fall. But how does he know where to find them? Does he have a post-it note somewhere? 58 Colbeck Road? Who who commands all these things into order? And so if Jesus is the firstborn and he is preeminent before all things, guess what? He's going to make sure that he's going to be the last one to actually die to demonstrate there is a resurrection. He is the first to be resurrected from the dead that allows us to know That in believing in Jesus Christ, who is Jesus? He is supreme above all things. And that in believing in him, I know that I will have eternal life. That I will too raise from the dead. Therefore God has highly exalted him, Philippians 2 and 9. And bestowed on him a name that is above every name. There's nowhere else where you will get this promise of knowledge. There is no God that is before all things. There is no God that right now is holding your life together and yet you feel a mess. And he's holding you together. Because remove him from the scene, what would you look like? remove him from the picture, then what would the mess really be? He is before all things. And so we don't look to, G- to, the, to people, we look to Jesus. The first in the universe order. The agent of creation. The sustainer of creation. The head of the church. The first one to rise from the dead. He is preeminent and we need to know who is Jesus? He is supreme. Who is Jesus? He is pre- preeminent. Who is Jesus? The first one to rise from the dead. Who is Jesus? The first one to give life. Who is Jesus? The one who gave creation its its time. Who is Jesus? The one who commanded the oceans this far and no further. Who is Jesus? The one who formulated that five hundred thousand rings around Saturn, yet all, ca- ca- uh, compartmentalized them into one foot. Who is Jesus? The one who has written over 4,000 volumes of information out of one chromosome cell that speaks of who I am. Who is Jesus? Oh, there's so much more that says who he is. Paul concludes, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen, First John 1 and 1, with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life. The word of life. That's what Jesus is. The word of life. That should be a capital W giving the emphasis on who is the word. Jesus. Jesus. He spoke the word. He spoke the word. Where are you this morning? Where are you this morning? What are you needing this morning? You're not finding the answer from your friends. You're not finding the answer from your job. You thought your job would be the fulfillment. You're not finding the answer In the psychologist, you're not finding the answer from the doctor. The medication hasn't given you the answer. There's only one answer. And his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. And he wants to display who he is to you. Every single day, every single minute, the very fact that you are breathing is Jesus displaying to you that he is life and life eternal. The very fact that you are alive is Jesus displaying to you that he is alive. We we magnify, oh, I have this sickness and oh, I have, you know what? Jesus has it right now because he's your healer. It's not, it's, please don't take me down the road that I'm not going. It's not a name and claim it. I'm not saying don't, don't to acknowledge what you have. I'm saying acknowledge it before Jesus. Lord, this is what they said is the diagnosis. And so I give it to you. Because your word said, your word who created word, your word that which was the very first word spoken, says, I am the Lord that healeth thee. And so, Lord, I look to you that you would be glorified in my life. And I can't explain why sometimes... People are miraculously healed, instantly healed. Some go through a journey, and and in their journey, they are being healed day by day. And yet others, God calls to bring to himself. I can't explain all those things, but I can explain this, that if you give it to God from the beginning, he will get the glory. You know what? On the other side of it, you will understand why he has called you to himself. Because he is before all things. He is before all things. Because he is Jesus. What do you need to have proof that he's alive today? What needs to convince you that Jesus is the son of the living God? What needs to transpire within your mind to cause you to take that stance? Jesus, I believe in you. Jesus, I belong to you. You see, if you could grasp this morning these three scriptures... And you could take them as ownership of your own. Then you know what? You will know that all things you, pertaining to you, all things pertaining to you are held together in him. Every relationship, every broken relationship, Everything pertaining to you is held together by Him because He is the supreme, preeminent Christ. Amen? I want to ask you this morning. Revelation says this, chapter 1, verses 5, 6, and 8. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings on earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us a kingdom of priests to God, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Why? Because he said, I am the Alpha and the Omega says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. (laughs) Who here this morning is willing to stand and say, I believe that Jesus is the image of the invisible God? I believe that he is holding all things of my life together in his hand. Who here would say, Lord, I'm making that declaration to you today. I'm going to lift up my Bible, but my Bible is a representation that every care, every concern, Mentally, physically, financially, emotionally, spiritually. Everything that I need you to lay hold of God, I'm lifting it up to you because your word is truth. And your word says you hold it all together. And so I give it all to you. Because you are the supreme Christ. I'm asking you. Who would lift their word as that declaration this morning? Yeah. That's it. That's it. You're, you're declaring to God. God, I am holding your word as truth. I am holding your word as truth. In these days of turbulent times when the world is not promised, Lord, when there's fires breaking out everywhere, Hawaii and BC and Canada, in the States, oh God, Lord, I'm holding your word as truth. Lord, I am believing your word that the end is when you will come and you will gather your church to yourself. Lord, I'm holding out to you that you are the yay and the amen, that you are the alpha and the omega, I'm holding out to you that, Lord, my sons and my daughters will be saved. Lord, I'm holding out to you that, Lord, the next door I knock on will be that job. Lord, I'm holding out to you that you are providing for the home. Lord, I'm holding out to you that you are keeping my mind together. Lord, I'm holding out to you that this sickness will not end in death. Lord, I'm holding out to you because you hold all things together. Because you are Jesus. I'm going to ask you this morning to take a stand to the altar. You know, when we were at the funeral on um, Thursday, I would say about 80% of them were not believers, as in born again. And um, one of the songs chosen was Oh, Come to the Altar. And so I felt within my heart because I asked it Wednesday night group to pray for us that the word of god would go forth to this family because i knew of the needs and i knew of the prayer of the dying mother that her sons would come to christ and so after josh and his aunts had sung some songs and and let us i felt to invite them to make an altar before the lord that they would acknowledge him as the living God. Because none of us are promised tomorrow. None of us. Doesn't matter how young you are, none of us are promised tomorrow. And I want to invite you to make that same altar today. Maybe you need to acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And ask him, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Never mind what the sins might be. (laughs) I'm not here to label any kind of sins. But you know in your heart what you need to give to God and surrender to him. Maybe today there are those here that need to believe in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. That they may have that life eternal in him that they may have Him as the head of their body, their chief counselor, their chief administrator. Maybe you are already born again and serving Jesus as your Lord and Savior, but you know what? (laughs) You need to just come to the altar. and make that commitment to jesus lord your word says that you hold all things together and i have a whole lot of things right now that need holding together And i just want to give them to you the board members that are here and and some of those that are altar workers that are here will will come and will pray for you and don't be embarrassed or shy to come to the altar don't let the thought of what others would think stop you from coming to the altar because it may be your last opportunity and that's not a scare tactic that's just reality may be your last opportunity to make a declaration before God for those that may have to make your way we understand I just would ask that you would do it quietly and reverently so that God can continue to work in the hearts of those that he's working on. And I will read this verse to you, this, this to you as you uh, make your way. And so from the very day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in the manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, BEARING FRUIT IN EVERY GOOD WORK, AND INCREASING IN THE KNOWLEDGE OF GOD. MAY YOU BE STRENGTHENED TODAY WITH ALL POWER, ACCORDING TO HIS GLORIOUS MIGHT, FOR ALL ENDURANCE AND PATIENCE WITH JOY, GIVING THANKS TO GOD THE FATHER WHO HAS QUALIFIED YOU TO SHARE IN THE INHERITANCE OF THE SAINTS. IF YOU MUST GO, WE BLESS YOU WITH THAT PASSAGE OF SCRIPTURE. BUT FOR THOSE THAT REMAIN, FILL THE ALTAR and surrender it all to God, amen?